Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at the societal, the physical, and the practical reasons that moms are struggling nowadays, why it's so common for mothers to be having a really hard time, whether it's that they're struggling with postnatal depletion, with anxiety, with depression, with just being really, really exhausted, or a very, lots of other issues as well. There's so many things that mothers are facing, whether it's hormonal issues or even autoimmune conditions. There's a lot that moms are challenged with nowadays. It almost seems normal that moms are going to be experiencing these things, but I think it's because of these societal, these practical and these physical and nutrient reasons that moms are feeling this way. And that's what we're going to get into here. So while it might seem normal and that's just what happens when we become mothers, I'd like the thinking to be more about that these are common, but they're not necessarily normal. There's actually a lot that we can do about them. And I want you to feel empowered in this conversation, even though we're going to be talking about all the barriers that we're up against. I hope that you can take away from this some clarity around what it is that you're specifically struggling with. So what barriers are most prominent in your life? And then consider what you can do about those things. So you can start to work your way out of overwhelm or burnout or whatever it is that you're struggling with at the moment. And maybe you're not struggling and that's fabulous, but I still think that all mothers could take quite a bit from this conversation and find things that they can improve on to feel even more energetic if you're already feeling energetic and embrace motherhood further. So let's get into it. So I do just want to preface with letting you know that if you are feeling stressed, if you are feeling brain fog, if you're really forgetful, and if you're not acting like the mom that you want to be, I want you to know that you're not alone in that, that this is really, really common. And it is so easy to think that all the other mothers have got it all figured out that they're out enjoying every moment of motherhood and they're always confident in their parenting choices, but you're not alone. Unfortunately, far too many moms are having a really, really hard time. So contrary to what it might look like from the outside, what it might look like on social media, or even in mother's groups, struggling in motherhood seems to be the norm. So postnatal depletion is all too common for thousands, if not millions of moms. One in five moms are suffering with symptoms of anxiety and depression. 50% of moms report struggling with chronic fatigue. So that fatigue and that 
exhaustion is pretty unrelenting. 90% of moms report feeling lonely or isolated. And brain fog, moodiness, being easily overwhelmed, drained, exhausted, highly stressed, having those hormonal issues and having a difficult time relaxing are very common complaints, even up to a decade after giving birth for a lot of mothers. So this isn't just for moms with newborns. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to be talking about what is holding moms back from thriving in motherhood. What are these barriers that we're up against? So there are those physical, practical, and societal reasons that make it really challenging for moms to feel confident, to feel happy, to feel energized in motherhood. So let's get into it. We'll focus first on the physical reasons. So moms nowadays, people nowadays are often lacking in adequate nutrients and actually have quite inflamed bodies. And this can be from a lot of different issues. And one of the main ones is from the food we eat. So modern day food is generally lacking in adequate nutrients. So a lot of the food we're eating in, when we consider the Western standard diet, people might refer to it as the American standard diet uh, or, or sorry, the standard American diet or the standard Australian diet. So the sad diet, this is quite packaged, quite processed, really focused on a lot of like additives in it and a lot of processed foods. So there can be like industrial seed oils in this, a lot of sugar, a lot of the processed carbs and a lot of additives that are artificial. So things like colors and preservatives and flavors, and these can put a real strain on our bodies. So not only are they not giving us really good nutrients that we need, but they're also straining our bodies because our bodies aren't meant to have all this in them and our bodies have to work to like process those artificial additives out Antibodies don't work as well when they have food that isn't meant to be there. So I kind of like to think about food as like information. And if you feed it industrial seed oils, your body doesn't really know what, understand what to do with that. Whereas if you feed it like beautiful organic olive oil, let's say it knows how to use that and the cells, um, don't become as inflamed and your body doesn't become as inflamed from it. So I think our food is such a key, key part. And a lot of the time we actually go into pregnancy being depleted of nutrients. And then because of the foods that we're eating, because the soil that our food is grown in is depleted in it. So we're not able to get it in. And then because of the sad diet that we're just not, we're not getting enough and we're straining our bodies. But for those of us that are really focused on getting adequate nutrients in, we may still have issues with having good stores of nutrients. So this might be because of various 
medications that we're taking. There's certain medications like birth control that can make it hard for us to get our stores up of like B vitamins and other nutrients. And then also the damage to microbiome and any malabsorption issues, which unfortunately are quite common nowadays. We're learning more and more with the research, how important our microbiome is, but also how damaged so many people's microbiome is, whether it's like damage to the gut lining and, or if it's actually like imbalances in the microbiome. So there's quote unquote, bad bugs in there that may be taking over and not enough of the good bugs. Usually it's more of like about a balance, not so much like good bugs versus bad bugs, but having like the adequate ratios of all the different little creatures in there that can be really damaged and out of whack for so, so many of us because of exposure to antibiotics, exposure to pesticides, various foods that we're eating that are um, feeding certain bugs versus others. So there's a lot of reasons why we can have these issues with our microbiome. And that can then lead to malabsorption issues where we're not actually able to get take in all the nutrients from the beautiful food that we're eating. And then we're also exposed to environmental toxins. Unfortunately, they are everywhere. They're in our food, they're in our houses, they're in our cleaning products, our clothes, our bed, our car, everywhere, the air we breathe. So I'm not saying that to like freak people out, but they are around. And that's just part of what we have to live with living in the modern day. So this can really burden our bodies and it can burden our brains and it can further strain our bodies and make us feel, you know, that brain fog or cause various other issues, you know, leading to autoimmunity and all sorts of issues. And while I say this is something that we in the modern day have to live with, we can reduce it. I just don't want to give the impression that we can eliminate environmental toxins from our lives completely, because I think that's setting us up have an unrealistic expectation, but you can absolutely reduce your exposure by eating food that's organic or spray free or growing it yourself and knowing like what's being sprayed on it, switching over cleaning products to those that are environmentally friendly and low tox, having no synthetic fragrances in them and getting rid of synthetic fragrance from your house completely. It's a really, really good start opening up windows and letting fresh air in, swapping out any plastics that you have in your kitchen, especially that come in contact with food and, and cooking. So anything that's like holding food in them, holding hot food in them, especially getting rid of non-toxic or sorry, getting rid of um, non-stick cookware and replacing it with better options. So there's lots and lots of things we can do to help reduce that burden. Another physical reason that we can be struggling is that we have subsequent pregnancies and closely spaced pregnancies. So like I was mentioning before, we often go into pregnancy already low or depleted of key nutrients, and that's going to be really hard 
on our bodies to recover and take care of ourselves and help our memory and everything. But then we often go into another pregnancy quite quickly and we're not able to bring our stores up in between. So we're just further and further depleting our systems. And that can be really, really hard on our bodies. Then there's the sleep deprivation, the broken sleep, the lack of adequate rest and recovery in those early years that can really, really take its toll and make everything so, so much harder. So those are a few of the physical and nutritional reasons why modern day moms can be having a really hard time, finding it really, really hard to like thrive and feel vibrant in motherhood. And now we're going to go into some of the more practical reasons why moms are having a hard time. But just before we do that, just think over, you might even want to pause this and just think over those physical and nutrient reasons that I just mentioned and consider which ones of those were most um, resonant with you. So which ones did you think, oh yeah, that, that sounds like me. Yeah. I've been taking various medications that I know are causing issues or, um, you know, I'm probably eating too much packaged food and not enough, like really nutrient dense food. So that's something that I could change because like I mentioned at the beginning, I don't want this podcast to just be heavy and looking at all the problems that we're faced with, but I want you to come away from it thinking, okay, well, I know that this is what's impacting me and I'm going to start considering how I can make changes to make things better for me moving forward. So onto the practical reasons. One is that we just don't have enough support. I don't think I know a single mother that I've worked with, that I'm friends with, that is happy with the amount of support they get. I think everybody wants more, even those that seem to have quite a bit compared to others, they still, I know they would appreciate and they talk about it, that they would appreciate more support. We have lost that village that we used to live in or or ancestors used to live in. And we don't have those people that we grew up with that we can just call on that live next door or in the same house as us to help us. And the support isn't just like having them be there to, you know, take the baby if we need to shower, but it's just to go through motherhood alongside other people and have that support just be something that is seamlessly built into your day-to-day life. A lot of mothers are lacking this. A lot of mothers are lacking even any support, let alone that really built-in support of that village and that family living intergenerationally. And a lot of moms also have unrealistic expectations of how birth and early parenting will be. And I think part of this is because we do, we live in a world that keeps motherhood quite separate from the rest of like adult life. And often we don't see people breastfeeding. We don't see, or we have never changed a nappy before 
we become parents and it's all really new. So there's no wonder that we have unrealistic expectations going into how it's going to be. I know I had this, I had unrealistic expectations of what motherhood would look like. And that was really, really challenging. I kept coming up against these completely unrealistic expectations of myself, of my child, of my husband, and just of how life was in general when I became a mother. There's also the financial strain that is a real practical challenge in motherhood. There's navigating, going back to work, childcare costs, navigating how you can go back to work part-time or not being allowed to do that because of your industry that you're working in, the norms there, the expectations, choosing to stay home longer, and then that can reduce income and cause other strains financially. So there's a lot there in that financial strain piece that I'm not going to go into any more detail with that, but just to consider how that does impact you and your experience in motherhood and the challenges that you're up against. That's one that is quite common. So we already live a really full life. It's busy. Unfortunately, busyness is the norm. And I know there's that slow living trend, which I think is just lovely, that is gaining traction and strength. But I think overall, people still do live really busy, full lives. They have lots of responsibilities. And then you suddenly add motherhood to that And it leaves us little time to rest, little time to recover. And it makes it really challenging to add anything more to that, right? So, you know, maybe you can manage adding, taking care of your child, but how do you add managing, taking care of yourself on top of that as well? Sometimes it can be, just feel like too much. And then there's that tendency for many people, not everybody, but that perfectionism tendency that can be a a challenge going into motherhood. So a lot of people maybe have excelled in their career and in school and they've been able to achieve, but then in motherhood, you can't necessarily achieve like you can in the workplace. So like perfection doesn't exist. I don't think anywhere, but it definitely does not exist in motherhood. And this can be hard for those of us who draw our self-worth from productivity and accomplishment, because sometimes when you look at your days as a mother, you think, well, what have I achieved today? And there's so much that we've done, but it's hard to articulate what that is. And it's not like we ticked things off the box and they're done and dusted and we can move on to the next thing we we repeat things over and over, right? We change nappies and we clean and we play with our kids and we do lots of other things. But a lot of these tasks are just keep happening. You might do laundry and you can tick that off, but then it has to be done again. So that can be really challenging for a lot of, a lot of moms. And especially those that do have those perfectionist tendencies and do draw their self-worth from achieving and being productive. So before we move on to the societal expectations and those external pressures, just take a think over here about those practical and personal reasons 
that might be really um, noticeable in your experience of motherhood and part of the reasons why you are having a hard time navigating motherhood. And even if you're not having a hard time doing so, but just noticing hmm, which of these really resonated with me. And is there something that I can address or, you know, problem solve around? Is there something I can maybe let go of those perfectionist tendencies or see how I can get more support? So societal expectations and external pressures. For one, it's forgetting about the mother. So when we're pregnant, there's, you know, you're like this beacon of light. Everybody just gives you so much like attention. You get it from strangers. You get all this unsolicited advice and people are generally meaning well and they're excited for you. And then the baby comes along and it's like, well, forget about mom. Like there's this baby here. Like that's the focus. So once they arrive, all the focus goes to the baby. And oftentimes nobody is mothering the mother. And she's kind of just the carer now of this baby. And becoming a mother is a huge transition. It's your brain is going through so many changes, like equivalent or more so than adolescence and navigating the new identity, dealing with any recovery, any potential trauma from birth. That's something actually I forgot to mention in um, the practical and physical reason. Birth trauma is a real issue. It's really, really common nowadays. And that can be a huge challenge, both psychologically and physically, as people enter motherhood. And it can continue on and be cause lots of issues for subsequent Pregnancies, how we attach to our kids it is a huge thing. So I'm sorry, I forgot about that. But yes, when we have children, we, when the baby's there, all the focus goes to the baby, but mom still does need a lot of care, a lot of nurturing, a lot of support. And that's something that is really, really lacking in um, our medical system, as well as just our society at large. So I think considering how you can start to get that support and have that in place so you feel taken care of, because if mom feels taken care of, she has the capacity to take care of her little ones with so much more ease. And I think this is why hiring postnatal doulas can be so, so helpful because their role there is to support mom and ensure that she is taken care of so she can be there for her kid. And then society gives us indirect and well, indirectly, indirectly, society gives us very unhelpful beliefs about like what a good mom is. So I challenge you to go through your day, your week, and just consider when good mom beliefs come up for you. And it might not be directly, oh, good moms always have clean houses or good moms have like kids or good moms always stay calm around their children or 
whatever it is, but just notice different beliefs that come up or when you notice yourself saying, oh, I should make sure the house is clean before I have friends over, or I should, um, I should have a baby that sleeps through the night. And like, so there's so many beliefs about like what a good mom is and what a good mom does. And in that also comes like what a good baby is. It's all kind of connected. So just notice when these sort of beliefs come up for you. If there's something that you want to listen to and you want them to direct your choices and your behavior, or if you want to just say, no, no, thank you. I'm not interested in that. I'm going to have my friends over, even if my house is a bit messy and that's okay. Moms do generally take on a lot of the responsibilities alone. And that is an expectation in our society. I think, I think it's that moms can manage all these things all by themselves. And I think that's completely unrealistic. And that ties into that belief of like super moms, super moms to begin with just don't exist, but there's this cultural pressure for us to live up to that perfect mom myth or that what a good mom is. Do everything for everyone all the time, have a smile on our face, of course. And it's not attainable. We can't do all the things. We can't have the perfectly clean house, the rocking career, um, have all this time to make our bodies strong and slim, have meals on the table three times a day, have these calm kids that always listen to what everybody says and on and on and on. It's totally unrealistic. We can't do it. And I think a lot of the time, moms unconsciously try to live up to the super mom myth and it can look slightly different for everybody what they're trying to attain but either way it's unhelpful it makes moms feel like they're not good enough that they're not doing a good enough job as a mother they're not good enough wife friend employee on and on and on and it can breed a lot of shame a lot of grief, a lot of self-doubt, and it's very, very unhelpful. It keeps mom small and stuck. And it can often also lead to the other societal norm of that tired, selfless, burnt out mom, which tells us that we shouldn't expect to feel any other way than burnt out. And that is our only option because we're moms now and, you know, we can maybe in 10 years have a good sleep or start taking care of ourselves down the track. But right now, like, what's the point? This is our time to just get through, just survive. And it is not our time to thrive. And that in some sense can feel validating, but then it can also keep us stuck, not trying to improve our situation and enjoy our time in this motherhood journey more and feel more energetic and act and be healthier too. So I think both that super mom stereotype and that burnt out, selfless, exhausted mom stereotype are both unhelpful and keep moms small. It keeps them stuck and it doesn't empower anybody. So consider those societal expectations and those external pressures and think about which ones of those resonated with you 
and which ones you notice are popping up and affecting you in your life. And yes, we went through a number of different things here, but obviously there are lots of other societal issues. You know, we live in this really patriarchal society. I didn't even go into that. There's other practical realities like what um, paid parental leave looks like and which parents get longer amounts and on and on and on. And even physical reasons, there's plenty of other reasons why we're inflamed why we're stressed, why we're depleted. But these are just a number of them to get you thinking about what could be impacting you and what you can start to shift. So I'm going to let you go now, but just have that one last think before you do go about what are, say, the top one or three issues that we talked about here that really do resonate with you. And what is the one thing you can do today to start to shift this so it isn't such a barrier for you moving forward? If we do one little micro shift every day or even every week that helps support us to thrive, to feel empowered and enjoy motherhood and our lives in general, those little micro shifts add up and they make a really big difference over time. So enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please share it with some other mothers that you think it would be helpful for. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show to even more mothers and families. Together, we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.